Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. And welcome to the Divorce Course Podcast. Have you got an STD, a sexually transmitted debt? Has your ex had something in your past that you have now got to become responsible for? Today we are going to be talking about pretty much anything to do with debt and divorce. And we've got the wonderful mum, Lynn Galvin here. and Actually in the same room this Actually time. in the same room. And she introduced me to this idea of STD, sexually transmitted debt. Apparently that's what lawyers call it. We do. We do. So what, what is it exactly? Uh, is a situation where one person takes on another person's debt, financial risk, and becomes responsible for that debt. Uh, sometimes you might take a that your ex-partners or your partner's debt into your own name. You might have done it on purpose um, to help them or you might have taken on responsibility for something in a joint debt that was more than you thought it was going to be or um, after separation you find some debt that's somehow been attached to your name. Yikes. And, uh, yeah, and you end up taking on a lot more risk than you knew about or expected to. And it's a pretty awful situation to find yourself in. What we're going to talk about today is for the marriage, during the marriage, and then afterwards, and what the court says mm. about each day. And it doesn't have to be marriage, but oh, yeah, yes. cohabitation. Cohabitation. Yeah. Before the marriage, what kind of debt... I guess, what's the court think about debt that existed before the marriage? Well, generally, they take it as a kind of a negative contribution of the person who started out. So a typical um, narrative would be, oh, you know, uh, the when they got together, the wife had a, um, a fully furnished flat, um, her car was paid off. I'm, I'm assuming here the, the wife is the financially responsible one and the husband had um, three credit card debts and a debt to uh, a personal loan. So what will happen is if a very organised financial person teams up with someone who's chaotic with their debt, Mm. their first impulse, because they love them, Mm. is to try and sort it out for them. So I've had cases, and it's not always women doing it for men, men doing it for women, doing things like, look, I'll roll your credit card debt over into this account and I'll pay it off interest-free during the honeymoon period, you know, that rollover period, because I've got a better credit rating than you have, Mm. you know, or... Which makes sense. It does make sense. Or, well, sweetheart, we want to buy a house together and that's going to look bad on our application if you've got this debt to NAB and these Mm. two credit cards. Let's pay them off. Um, or I'll give you money, I've got money, we'll pay them off so we've got a clean slate to start with. Right. Mm. So that's the kind of before you get together That's right. Usually the very early stuff. You know, you you date for a while and then when you get more serious, um, then you find out about their finances. So at the end when if you've gotten divorced and they've done that, say paid off your credit cards Mm. or you paid off their credit cards, does that then go, when calculating the property pool, does that get calculated as a negative? For kind them? of, yes, it does. Okay. What it is is it, they can't, when the court looks at what you brought into a relationship, mm. if they brought in nothing but debt mm. um, and you've, you, even if you've got no debt but no assets, 
um, you will get more credit for that. Okay. Um, if the, as long as the marriage hasn't been like thirty years, because we sort of forget about oh, it then. Thirty you know. years? Is that the twenty? Twenty years? Okay. All yeah. right. So you know the 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 more if you got together, you paid off all the bills, and then you split up two years later. Mm. Um, then that's a big big contribution on your part. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's before. Hmm. Um, does, is that the same for uh, student loans? Yeah, so hex debts and things, mm. they're, they're treated really interestingly in the court. Mm. Um, I've just <clears throat> written an advice on, the, one, on hex debts. So what the court generally does is say, look, a hex debt, whilst it's attached to one person, um, it's firstly, it's something that usually gets paid off as you earn. Yes. Secondly, um, so that, that makes them more inclined to just leave that debt with the person who's got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make it a joint debt. Um, the only time I've seen that the court has made it a joint debt is where the parties already paid off the husband's hex debt uh, and, okay. and hadn't got around to paying off the wife's hex debt. Um, and the court said, no, look, that's only fair, both yeah. of you. Yeah. Uh, and also um, they have a look at who's going to benefit from that extra study. So if you're doing study and at the you're not going to qualify until after the end of the marriage, you're going to get all of the benefit of that medical degree or law mm. degree or whatever, so the court will make you keep that. Okay. So, yeah, it's a good, a different character. Okay. All right, so then, after, like, during marriage, mm. so you're not divorced, somebody out there, that you've yep. had, you before you got divorced, you maybe bought a house together. Yep, and so you've got a joint mortgage. A joint debt. And you might say, you know, the other person might have this burning desire to buy a caravan or a, or a four-wheel drive. Yeah. And you go, look, instead of a personal loan, let's add that to the mortgage. Okay. Um, and then the common scenario, I'm sorry to say, is at the end of the relationship, um, they nick off with the unencumbered, really, debt-free car. So the, the car you, that's in the home loan, is they in drive the home off loan. with it. They drive off with the car and, and if you're, you're left with, with the home and you're paying it off, you're paying off their car for them. So what happens in that instance? Uh, the court will have a, a good look at how that came about mm. and it will be, you know, if he's getting that car unencumbered, then that's 30 grand or 40 grand off his side of the ledger when it comes to dividing up what the house has. Okay. So, But in the short term, it can be very upsetting and irritating and galling mm. to be paying um, all of this inflated home loan, so it's mm. more than it was, mm. and especially if, if you've got a crappy car yourself and, and his was the good car. And they car. Yes. So what about people that get debt during the marriage mm. but you don't find out about it till afterwards? Like mm. maybe they've got a gambling addiction yes. or maybe they... Yeah. They've been just secretly borrowing money from somewhere yes. else for ages and you weren't even aware of it. What how, One, how do you find out about that kind of stuff? And two, what, what happens to people? How can okay. you sort that out? Well, how do you find out about it? Sadly, it's usually when you get the first letter that they haven't been able to intercept or you get an email about the debt. Or in one case, I remember from many years ago, the poor chap, they had a card attached to their home loan mm. and he told me the car the house was paid off that they'd paid it off with a lump sum lump sum redundancy when I asked for the statements it turned out it had no equity at all really so there was no she'd been off. swiping the card and used Ooh, up all of the credit in the mortgage mama. yes and there really wasn't much other stuff to to compensate him for <gasps> So that was hard. Sometimes with a bad, with a gambling addiction, the court will add it back if you mm. if someone's secretly gambled money away. Mm. But there's a fine line, and this is a bit of a legal thing, I guess. But if they are really 
pathological gamblers and can't help themselves, then the court's a bit, a bit kinder to them and treats it like a mental illness. What? So, yeah, I know. And it's not your mental illness. <laughs> it's not your mental illness. Oh, my gosh. So, the, so it, it's heartbreaking to find, for instance, also that they haven't paid, um, didn't pay the last more, didn't pay the electricity bills mm. or they haven't been paying back their mother. Mm. Um, this happens a lot because, you know, we so don't So this get, is after. So you this find is after, out after the marriage. So there's mm. some of the debt that you can find out after the marriage is what, like they just refuse to pay bills. Well, yeah, well, when you split up um, and you've got a whole heap of things probably in both names mm. and if you really care about your credit rating, you want those bills paid, mm. um, but if the other person doesn't care about their credit rating, they might just not pay, pay anything. And, and if you're in the house, you may find yourself about to lose the house if the mortgage hasn't been paid or suddenly the lights go out because the, mm. the phone electricity hasn't been paid. So what happens in that instance? You're going through your divorce. No, they're not paying their electricity mm. bill. They're not paying mm. the mortgage. Do, do you just have to do it or can you? Look, you'll have to do it for, if you can, but contact your bank, contact your service providers, particularly if there's been DV. They're very understanding. And just say what? And my just say, look, we've just separated. My ex has left me, you know, I didn't know about this debt or he's refusing to contribute. Can I pay it off over a period of time? I'm going to see a lawyer. And then your lawyer, if necessary, um, can bring an application to the court because the weird thing about this is mm. often those people have money. The other guy has money mm. and he just won't do it. So the court can make an order. We do an affidavit. We staple all those bills and, and letters and and get the court to order him to pay it or give you a lump sum of money so you can handle it yourself. So that's something that it's the listeners at rocky. home, if mm. you know, if they've got STD, yeah. <laughs> sexually transmitted debt, you, you can what write an affidavit, uh, staple yeah. all the bills mm-hmm. to, or attach all the bills, and point it out to the court and go, look what's happening. Yes, and but the second part of that is if you want help in the short term, mm. look what's happening, and he's got this money in his bank account. Yeah, because you can issue. A subpoena yeah and and then the court will set that up if you can't afford your bills mm. um then this um, comes into spousal maintenance yes. where you need to bring an application to get some of his wage every week okay and you can listen to our are you eligible for spousal maintenance episode which oh, yes. i'll put in the notes okay. now the question for you mum that i've got to ask is and we've discussed this in previous episodes if you're mm. in the house yep. and they leave and, like, what happens with the mortgage in that instance? Mm, mm. So it's – remember we talk about things in the very short term and then the median term. Uh, from the bank's point of view, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't think you're going to be able to make the payments mm-hmm. – contact them, get it on an interest only for a little while, you know, so you can sort things out, explain your situation. Uh, if you um, can afford it, then mm-hmm. keep paying it, paying all of it. Um, but I, I would imagine that's going to be quite difficult. Mm. Uh, the other thing is to um, ask, so, so what the court expects the person who lives in the house to pay the bills because they say the other person, and this is their thinking, the other person has got to pay a bond and rent and set themselves up. So you need to think about how long you can afford to stay in the house. Mm. And if neither of you want the house, let's get it listed for sale, lickety split, and you can say that to the bank, look, we've got it on the market, can you give us a moratorium? 
Um, but in the and a moratorium means just wait a wait a while. Yeah, don't so, don't. Do so anything. basically, what you're saying is, if the, if you're in the house and you can't afford to pay the mortgage and they're not helping, and you're not going to be able to in the long term do it, just see if you can put the house on the market and, and it, get that started, and let the bank know, hey, yep, I commun- can't pay. Communication's the key, and if your ex your ex won't allow the house to go on the market, mm. um, the court will, can make an order for that as well, and the registrar, the court can sign the contract or or everything or they can appoint you the sole person for trustee for sale. Okay. And you can handle it. So um so what about when they like you've got a joint debt, it's in both of your names. Good, like goodness mm. knows what it could be, but mm. um and they leave like they yes. leave the country, they, they leave and they just go I don't give a crap. Yeah. And you're stuck with this debt, this STD. Mm. Um you mentioned um to me in the b- before refinancing. Oh, you're good listening. Yes. <laughs> good listening, Laura. Yeah. Yes, so you could refinance it into your own name if you have got the credit rating to do so and if you've got the item in your hands. Mm. I wouldn't refinance it into my own name unless it was beneficial for, for me to do so because leave them leave them on it for a little bit mm. and make them suffer a bit if, if they're not paying. Mm. But really, um, if you've got the item, you need to pay the bill uh, if you can't pay the bill, you need to sell the item or whatever it is. But, yes, so when you've got – say you're in the house and you can afford to keep it, right, mm. uh, then you what you do is you refinance the joint debt into your sole name and then you've got control over it all and you can maybe get a better interest rate Why or would whatever. you put all the debt in your name? That just seems crazy. Well, if you want the house, ultimately you oh, want okay. the house. Yes. And, and a lot of people, they worry about how long it might take to get a court order mm. and the husband might agree, put, put all the debt in their name. Um, if you do it pursuant to a court order, that's how you deal with the mortgage. The, you, it's a joint mortgage and a joint house. They're transferring the house to you pursuant to a court order. You have, have to refinance that mortgage into your own name because, remember, we, we need the court... Um, the court wants to finish financial relationships between you both, so they don't try to leave. They try not to leave joint debts. Hanging so that's around. transferring debt. Can you can yeah. you get the court to transfer debt that's not a mortgage? Um, the the court can order someone to be responsible for a debt, mm. say for a car or for a. Well, like imagine it's just a phone bill, like a okay. massive phone bill. They never paid yeah. the phone bill, and they never told you. And you look at it, and you're like, "Whoa, mm. it's like five thousand dollar phone bill." <laughs> well, the court has the power to technically under the Family Law Act, but they're not allowed to make any order that would make it less likely that the creditor, the person that's owed the money, is going to get paid. Mm. So they don't really touch that that power much at all. But in the end, um, that 3,000 phone bill, if 1,500 of it was yours and 1,500 of it was theirs, then you will ask to get a credit for that when you're working out what property, how much money you should get out of the rest of the pool. So we we just recently did a webinar and we're doing another one tomorrow Mm. where we talk about calculating your property pool. Yes. So that debt should be calculated into that so it's fair. Don't let them go. That's what I don't do. Don't let those little annoying things go because it add up it does add it's like a hundred dollars for the gas yes. and this for the yeah. what like if you've got the kids and you have to live in the house because you can't find somewhere else for mm. the kids yet in the short term does that seem fair that you have to pay all the bills no it, it doesn't seem fair no. and the, and if you don't have capacity to the court will order 
if you ask for the other person to pay. They will style it as spousal maintenance rather Mm. than make him responsible for paying this much on this bill, this much on this bill, because they think that is disempowering of Mm. the person. You're better, you would be able to pay the bills if you had more income, go to the court, ask him to give you some money, therefore you've got enough income to service your own lifestyle and, and you, you you know don't have them involved in the day-to-day stuff. Okay. What about your credit rating? Can the court family court fix your credit rating if they've stuffed it up <laughs> no. with the STD? No? no, they can't. But really? uh, you can go to uh, the credit rating agencies and explain what happened, mm. particularly if it's domestic violence. They understand that, that... And it is a form of domestic violence if it's financial well, it's abuse. financial abuse. If you, if, um, I had a lady years and years and years ago. Uh, she was recovering from pneumonia and her husband made her come with him to sign up for a new car mm. um, and she had no idea uh, what it was. She vaguely remembered doing it and then, of course, he took off with the car. Oh, gosh. And, and it looks, it was so close after that I think that was his intention. So thing. she yep. gets the STD, he gets the new car. Yep. So what are some ways people can protect themselves, especially if they're thinking about getting divorced or have, like, separated and, you know, they're still kind of in that murky in-between stage between leaving each other? Yes. Maybe they both know that it's not working. Is that yeah. when people do dodgy STD stuff? Sometimes, and particularly um, if one person is planning to go. So I think this lady with the pneumonia, I think that rat bag husband of hers was planning it and mm. so that's what he did. Um, but, yes, you'll towards the end of the relationship you may begin to have doubts or you may have had doubts for a long time but you haven't listened to those doubts. Mm. So some ways are just to know what's, what your financial systems are, what money's coming in, what money's going out. We had one lady who didn't know her husband's income, mm. had no idea where his super was from. There's a reason why they're being sneaky. Yeah, and I guess that takes us to our personalities of the yes. divorce course, and I think maybe it's an important time to talk about that. So yes. if you've got a manipulative and controlling ex and or you're about to separate, you're about to divorce, or you have you know, and it's all still floating around in the ether. Yes. What do you need to be careful of so you don't get any STDs with a manipulative controlling? Well, well watch out for signing anything else. So just don't have sign a, anything. No, have a look at the bank. Um, a classic is with businesses where they have a line of credit they've never used and some, suddenly they draw it right to the extent. Mm. So just keep an eye on it. If if Even if the marriage is reasonably comfortable but you are unsure about your finances, I think it's time um, for us in this generation to take, uh, to take some responsibility. It's not just for you, it's for the kids. And that old 1950s man, the breadwinner, lady, the house, woman, the house, wife, housemaker doesn't, doesn't apply anymore. And uh, I'd, we'd love someone in a knight in shining armour to come in and do everything for us and save us. But uh, sometimes you've got to try and save yourselves mm. as well. Mm. So um, we had Pedro, remember? He yeah. said the best protection is to understand the inflow. He called it a money system. Yeah. What money comes in, what money goes out. And yeah. just keep an eye. And I guess if you don't know anything or don't know where to start, you probably have seen the letter from the bank or you've at least mm. seen your credit card or your pay, like the cards, oh. what bank it is. Oh. Give him a call. Yep. Or ask him. It's, I'm assuming it's the man or yeah. her, but ask that person. Sit them down and go, look, I'm a bit worried. You know, can you show me your credit card statements? How are we travelling? How's this going? And mm. um, 
if they show if they show you everything, that can sort your your fears out. Plus, you can double check at the bank because mm. I'm a lawyer. I would check at the bank. Yeah. But but if they don't show you, or if they deflect, uh, the typical response is, uh, and this is the reason why people don't know this. They know what will happen if they ask. Mm. You know, darling, can you just show me how we're we going in, in our bank account? You know that savings. What? Don't you trust me? Mm. I'm insulted, Mm. you know. Mm. Do you think I would do that? That's a big red flag. That's a red flag. And if you're in that situation, you've decided to separate, you've left them and you're still confused about the debts and everything, what do they do in that situation? Subpoena. Subpoena Subpoena your way to glory. Okay. Um, You can find out what super – all you have to have done with superannuation is – seen an envelope from the superannuation so company. So you know the company name. Yep, so you can do that or you can work out from their boss or their pay slip where they're getting. Um, and for ba- the banks, issue some subpoenas. It just clarifies everything. The court has a process called discovery or disclosure, but the manipulative and controlling person or the avoidant person is not going to com- comply with that or they're going to send you, and I'm thinking um, of a lady once, she sent everything except one statement in, in a period of three years. And if I hadn't been carefully noting it down, I would have missed that statement. I mm. thought, oh, that made a mistake. I wrote and asked for it and there were crickets. Mm. I asked again and um, we ended up with um, we got the page and, oh, my boy, that was where she'd got a payment in uh, from, um, another, from account. another account. Um, I don't know whether it was a personal injuries claim or an mm. inheritance, and it went out again on the same day and she deliberately left that page out. So sometimes a subpoena just cuts all that rubbish. And I guess just keep an eye, I mean, can you subpoena every single bank? No, that's called phishing. Okay, so you've got to be You'd have a kind rough of aware idea. of, but, you know, those manipulative controlling people could just hide money anywhere, really. Well, they do. And, and one other thing you can do is ask if they've recently got loans, um, the one place they don't hide assets is when they're applying to the bank for a loan. Mm. So if you ask for that application for finance, ah. they'll list every single asset they've got, probably oh, enhance great. its value. Yes. You know, oh, the business is worth $1.2 million. Oh, really? You told me it wasn't worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's good. Okay. Yes. Is, so that's a good way to find out their assets. Is there any way you can find out their debts? Like Same thing. Same subpoena. Thing. Subpoena. Yep. Subpoena out. who? It, well, the credit cards. Okay. And watch out because more than one occasion uh, in the last two years, I've had the credit cards actually have a positive credit in them. Mm. So they've hidden five to $10,000 onto the credit card. And because it, we always assume it's debt, people don't look as carefully. Mm. But I've having learned that years ago, I always have a good look and go, hang on a minute. That's clever. Yeah, you've got money. And it's a bank, and they hide. And controlling. Yep. And some people hide money in the TAB. Okay. Uh, you can have your gambling account. You can put some money in an online account. Mm-hmm. Uh, cryptocurrency, of course. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's manipul- manipulative and controlling. Mm-hmm. What about um, avoidant? I would think with the debt and finances, it's like a nightmare. I, uh, I know some people who have had the same car in the same name with their ex for six years, like... Post-separation. Post-separation. Yes. So I'm guessing... With, it seems with hard. Avoidant, it does seem hard to find out what, like, their debt yeah. or anything is. So yes. have you ha- got any tips for that? I think avoidant people tend to get into financial trouble because they don't face the music. Mm. They don't... 
they don't say, gee, you know, I can't really afford this. I need to sell this car and, you know, get something that's the same. That often in your partner, if they're avoidant, um, it's all just not discussed. Right. Uh, so, again, you need to be proactive. Uh, the avoidant person may be quite relieved if you take some steps and shine a light on that finances. Mm. Um, I've got a theory that some people separate because they've got money troubles. Hmm. I, I, some people come and they've got such a big mess that I think they just don't know any other way of dealing with it oh. and it, it, they break up over it. So you're doing the avoidant person a favour right. by shining a light on that. And you might say, look, darling, I, um, you've got so much to do. How about I look after the loans or do you want me to get involved in some of these? Considering most of the people listening to this divorce course Separated. Separate. I don't think they're going to be calling their we exes won't go darling. darling. <laughs> yes, but the avoidant person might need the yeah. odd darling. <laughs> but look, I think with when it comes to avoidant, mm. particularly if you're both avoidant, don't let it drift on because because that could oh. be a disaster. Because if you've got STDs from your previous oh. life and well, you then you carry get, it on into another yeah. one, you can't get another loan. No, uh, a lot of people. I, I have seen people where they're still on the mortgage of the house from their ex five years later, oh, so no. they can't take a step forward. So what do you say to those people? Uh, deal with this. Get get this sorted. Yeah. Do you know? And um, how do they get it sorted? They well, they need either to um, get an agreement, financial agreement, mm-hmm. at, to transfer the house and transfer the mortgage and oh, get like some cash, like in our course, yes. or they need to um, do a consent order um, to to do those things, yeah. um, or they need to go to court. Sometimes the person in the house is very, very happy for the other person to just keep paying the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so they get comfortable and uh, it's not very fair for you. So take action. Okay, so you've said take action. So that's for the mm-hmm. avoidant, and I think that's very a good advice. What about for high conflict? Yes. Well, they're just going to want to fight over everything. I think with the high conflict, if they are going to really want the house and they're going to really want the car, um, you've got to work out if it's worth fighting against them with it. But for um, STDs, so for debt, mm. if they're high conflict, are they going to hide it or are they just going to fight that it's their debt they probably fight that or or resist doing anything about sorting it out or argue every point so that um so that you never seem to be able to get an agreement because when you get to a point where you think it's fair then they go oh but what about that time i did this for your mother so that they just want to argue so how do you get around that um they need to get their attention Someone needs to get their attention and give them the cold hard facts with proof mm-hmm. um, and just herd them into a corner. Some things you might have to give up on mm. to let them have the win. So you know. if you can just sit down and think about absolutely every single contribution made, mm-hmm. all the money that was ever done, mm-hmm. all the STD that mm-hmm. you have, and then put it down in facts yes. on a piece of paper in a timeline maybe yep. Yep. and then say, here, here. Do you disagree with this? Is there anything you would change? That's a good idea to narrow it down at the beginning. Yeah, That's yeah. a very good idea. And then and then hopefully you can get that property pool. Yeah. Sometimes their conflict is with the law. They don't agree <laughs> that the law was, will give you what you want. I wouldn't waste too much time negotiating with a high-conflict person. Yeah. That you'll, they'll drain your funds away if you're using a lawyer and they mm. drain your life away while you argue it. Mm. You know, there's a reason you guys split up and that's because you can't probably agree on stuff. So you need to it, – it's about you getting out of this debt and moving forward. Some people do uh, – 
after separation, everything's hunky-dory and then they get blown away by a letter from mm. someone saying how much their ex-partner owes. Jeesh. Yeah, and the court will um, be pretty keen on to, to give those debts that acquired after separation to the person, make sure that person is stuck with those bills. So if they get their credit card after separation and it was nearly paid off and then they spend a lot on overseas holidays, um, the court says, what did you spend that on? Oh, well, that's yours. That's, that's your debt. That's why I guess the separation date is really important. Critical, absolutely so critical. definitely make sure you've noted down your separation date. Otherwise, mm. they could say, oh, go and spend thousands yes. of dollars on goodness knows what. And, yeah. then like, and they oh, say, oh, we were together we when were we together. did that. We made those choices. Mm. We spent that weekend at the casino, mm. you know, but if you know your separation date and you've got that proved and written down, then, don't then it's his wasting. Yeah, don't go backwards. Okay, so that's uh, – what about amicable? Is there uh, ever an issue with amicable and STDs? Oh, sometimes. Sometimes there's an argument about whether or not um, you paid off their debts. That might be, like, bad memories. Mm. Um, in court, people – have different remembrances of things. Mm. I don't. I don't think everyone who disagrees is lying. It's just how that is in your mind, mm. and you might have forgotten it or whatever. So, with that amicable, there's a temptation to just drift along and agree with everything they say. I suspect you need to check and just double probably, check with any of these people if if you've got the facts mm. written down. Just solves a lot of trouble. Yeah. Write down everything and. That's we're talking about that in the webinar. The financial timeline, financial timeline. If you'd like a copy of the financial timeline, you can um, email the divorce course podcast at gmail.com and I'll shoot you a copy. Yes, but basically, you're just writing down a timeline of the money that has come in and And out and who bought it and when and why. And if you can get them to agree on that. You both agree on that yes. information. Even if you then go and see a lawyer, it's going to save you thousands, yes. isn't it? Yep. So uh, have I ever used my polythene pipe analogy? Right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. Well, but for you those, can do it now. Okay. Um, um, thank you, Laura. And <laughs> no one knows what a polythene okay. pipe well, is, Well, it's mother. like a big pipe, like a storm drain pipe or a plumbing pipe. Let's just say a tube. PVC pipe. Let's just say a tube. Okay, but I've called it pipe every year. Okay. Okay, but it's a tube. Yep. Imagine it's like a big plastic tube Mm -hmm. that's that's the your relationship was in that tube all your finances were there what the court's interested in if you're putting cords in or you know putting um, electrical cords through they're interested in what came into that end of the beginning of the of the tube I can't say tube Um, (laughs) and and they're interested in what everyone had debts and assets Mm. and then usually in a marriage or a relationship, 8, 15, 20 years, everything gets scrambled. So you mm. don't have to know all the ins and outs. And you it's can't only, see it anyway. You can't see it anyway. Yeah. And then they're really worried about what happens at the end of that pipe, how the wires come out, and that's why the date of separation is important. Mm. And then the only things that you really, really need to note in that timeline that are very important are the things that where another pipe has fed in halfway along ah, or, okay. and it might be towards the end where you're coming towards separation and someone might get an inheritance of 200000 That's mm. really important. Or someone might have got a redundancy of 80000 mm. So those big amounts or a personal injuries claim, the court needs to know about them and your lawyer needs to know about them. But the little staff like, Like you he know, bought the milk at the shops every week. Yeah, <laughs> or I, I won $600 on the lotto back yeah. in, you know, 1995. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. No. So and I mean, I mean, I think that's one thing that a lot of people get 
it's hard to get your head around but you're like but I did all that work and I did this but I guess you're you're married you were together it's all been mixed up and yet you might have caught an STD but Mm. I think if you find yourself in a situation where you've got unpaid bills you've got debt coming out of your ears for things that you probably weren't even responsible for um I think the best advice really is go and see a financial planner and, and a lawyer. And a lawyer. And a family lawyer who can sort that out <laughs> yes. for you. Instead because... of a doctor for your yes. STIs yeah. or whatever they're called, go and see a financial planner and a lawyer. Yes. Um, because sometimes when you're in divorce and separation, you're not thinking clearly. You can't see it from the outside in. Like, no. But a financial planner can yeah. look from above and look at a bird's eye view and come mm. up with a solution you might not have even heard That's or true. thought of. Yeah. And a lawyer is going to look at it from the legal perspective and hopefully help you in a way that you didn't think was possible either. That's right. They can give you hope about how you can get through it. They can use the power of the court or the threat of court Mm. to get the other person to do the right thing. Mm. But as a judge said um, to me years ago, he said, marriage, it's not a business. Marriage is a relationship. Mm. So, So you do catch things that you wouldn't normally from a business. Can I ask you a question? If you have got a debt an STD from your ex and then you repartner, does that STD then pass on to your partner? No, but when you're, if, you, if you separate from your partner, yeah. uh, your partner will say, well, when I met her, she had this debt <laughs> of X amount of dollars. Yeah. So it's kind of a negative contribution Oh, at good. The so they don't end up getting stuck with it unless no. they refinance it or pay it off uh, Well, you. and that might be how you've got the, that might be how it happens. Mm. Oh, honey, it's not fair. You've got that debt. We can't buy a house. Let me put it in my name or let's borrow it on the home loan. Mm. So you really owe it to your kids and your future future partners mm. um, to stop get that sorted out that yeah. debt yeah and if it is going to end up being your debt um, even to refinance it into two debts one half for him one half for you mm. that way you're not beholden because I've seen people who've got debts in both names and one person's been making the payments and then finds out the other person hasn't been making the payments Those they're half cheeky buggers. yep and then what happens is the court that the um, company says well you're all in you're in default I don't care if you've paid your half our agreement is with both of you oh yeah <laughs> so it's hard oh, it is hard sucks. and look I didn't really want to do this episode because what STDs and mm, debt mm, and mm. oh it's yucky but I guess you need to you need to sit down and look at it and yeah. really understand what's my money process what was the money process before what is it now and how is it going to affect me moving forwards and and when we define our aim for, for going to a lawyer yes. maybe one of your aims is Get this debt mess sorted for me, please, yes. so that there's some sort of court order or financial agreement that we can do. That and, we you're, can do. and you're going in there. You've got your timeline written up with the date of the 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 debt was taken out mm-hmm. and the amount. You've got some statements. You've perhaps got the loan agreement. Just you know, just deal with it. Do your own sleuth detective work and have it all factually formed there. Don't Mm. go in going, oh, about seven years ago, Johnny Mm, did this. mm -hmm. Um, And I guess that's really hard, especially if you are separating and you're probably moving house, your kids are probably upset. And you're upset. You're upset. The whole world's turned upside down. But the sooner you can get the money side sorted, the more stable you will feel. And in our course in the DIY blueprint, divorce blueprint, Mm. we talk about, setting yourself up a, a budget in the short term yes, just so that you can feel like you have some control over what's going on in your life. And the minute you've got a mini budget set up for the short term, you at least know, okay, I'm on track 
I'm doing what I need to be doing. Because when you don't look at money, for me in particular, if I don't look at my accounts, if I don't look at what I owe, Mm. I just assume it's way worse than it is. That's right. And then when I do look at it, I'm like, oh, that's not so bad. (laughs) So have a look at it. Are you avoiding (laughs) Might be when it comes to money. (laughs) So force yourself to block out a day or block out an afternoon or two, wait till the kids are in bed, um, do a chocolate meditation. Mum and her chocolates, it's a solution for everything. (laughs) Chocolate meditation. If we do not end up with a chocolate sponsor, I'll be very upset. (laughs) So literally sit down and just work it out. And a great episode with Pedro. Yes. He talked a lot about, you know, what you can do and what you can look out for. And we'll probably have Pedro and another accountant on at another date as well yes. to, to help you guys idea. through. But and thank remem- you. Oh, remember, the accountant you had when you were together yes. may well have been helping him get in this mess or have been aware of it and not telling you if there is mess. Get your own. Yeah, get a new one. Get a new one. Yeah. I hope that your STDs clear up. <laughs> And I find it disturbing that that's what lawyers call it. (laughs) Google it. We do. (laughs) Don't Google it. Don't do it. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Mum. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, Bye, Laura. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.